Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, one of the sayings we hear all the time is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. It's just one of the highlights, you know, Christians claim when they visit Israel and and places like that, you know, some will just relish in the spiritual uplifting of of knowing they are walking the grounds that Jesus walked. But then there are those that enjoy walking where the disciples walked. And, And yes, there are places like that all over Israel and the surrounding nations. But one of the biggest challenges has come to be known as the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage, also known as the Way of St. James. This walk can start at various points, but all end up in Santiago at the church that tradition says has the crypt of the Apostle James inside. It's said that James followed Christ's order to travel to the farthest reaches of the earth. At the time of the Apostles, Spain was considered the end of the earth. That's the end of the known world. So that's where James set out for. Spain, Portugal, and that area. He ministered there. And after receiving a vision, tradition says he returned to Jerusalem, and that's where he was martyred in about AD 44. Years later, his disciples traveled to Jerusalem, retrieved the body, and took it back to Spain, and that's where it has now been entombed. There's a brief, and that's a very brief introduction, let's say, to what our guests will be talking about today. Kathleen Donnelly Israel has lived in San Diego, California her entire life. She and her husband, Ron, were a team couple for Worldwide Marriage Encounter back in the 70s and 80s. She personally cared for her husband for 17 years that he had Parkinson's disease until he passed in 2018. During this time, she studied spiritual healing from many enlightened thought leaders and teachers. But in 2019, she traveled the Carmen Santiago de Compostela, road for 500 miles. I mean, it inspired her to write a book detailing this journey titled Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. She's here to share about her book, her journey, her philosophies about healing and forgiveness she learned and shared with the people she met along the way. And it's just going to be a great time. Help me welcome to the program, Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Kathleen, it is a blessing to have you on the program today to to share about your experience. I have really been looking forward to this interview. Thank you, Robert. I'm so happy to be here. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you Mm -hmm. tell us in your own words, who is Kathleen Donnelly Israel? I I am... um... I like you say I was born in San Diego. I I had five siblings. We um you know, we grew up. I I married Ron when I was 20 years old. And uh we had five children. And um we we were very dedicated to each other and years, you know, it that 
can be difficult, but you need to realize that, um, you know, romance, disillusionment and joy is what marriage is all about. And so (laughs) it starts out with romance and then um, disillusionment always sets in. And then you have to wait for the joy to come after that. And then you get to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> and I have 11 grandchildren. Most oh, of my wow. children live in Texas. And I just have one here in the San Diego area. And um, yeah, I'm a widow. Ron had to go. He couldn't stay anymore. He had mm-hmm. to go. So um, we, um, yeah. I took care of him. It was very difficult um, because my children had their lives, which were very loud and needy. And so I ended up doing it by myself until the last couple of years. I told them, hey, I need a week off every year. Mm-hmm. And so I have five kids. I should get five week, weeks off every year. You guys need to do your dad for a weekend. Amen. So then I, you know, I got to do some some stuff and and that was such a great thing for them to get to be with him during yeah. his illness. Amen. Amen. Well, what made you desire to undergo such a, a, a grueling undertaking as a walk of this magnitude? Well, um, around uh, 2013, when I was caring for my husband, my girlfriend, Judy, from high school, I mean, we went from, I think, fifth grade through high school together. And we used to walk to school together. And on Facebook, she posted that she was walking the Camino Santiago. And uh, even though she had blisters and walked with bloody feet, I recognized that she was doing something very special. And um, I just love my faith. And um, I just thought, you know what? I want to do that too. And so... um, after Ron died, I, I was just like, okay. And then my mother died two months later, um, or maybe, I mean, he died in August. She died in December. So it was more than maybe, I don't know what it was, but anyway. Um, so I, around January, I was done with all the funeral stuff I had to do and the trust stuff. And you got stuff to do after your spouse oh, yeah. dies and your mother And so around January, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go and do the Camino. And so I just started preparing. I read all the books and I, you know, I, I um, watched on YouTube how to walk with sticks. And, you know, um, I, I actually bought five, four backpacks before I got the right one. (laughs) And um, I bought, um, sun sun resistant clothing so i wouldn't you know i i actually wore long sleeves every day because i didn't want to wear sunscreen on me all the time and so i um i prepared um and i everything had to be lightweight and you know Mm -hmm. because you don't want to carry so much that that's what they really encourage you to have a really light pack so it's not such a burden for you. And when you go there, you you just have to take a sleeping bag and your clothes. You don't need, I mean, I carried food for one day mm-hmm. and water for one day, but um, there's albergues all along the way and you can stay there. They're just really cheap, like five euros to 12 euros. And um, sometimes they provide food. 
Um, sometimes they have a kitchen, you can go buy food and cook it. And so I, you know, I, I just studied how to do it and I, I decided to do it. And I, I went alone. It seems like maybe I went alone, but I didn't really go alone because I have some angels that went with me. Amen. I have uh, four guardian angels that I know personally. Mm. And so I said, you got to come with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, Amen. and so, um, well, now, so anyway, I've, I've seen the tourist packages and that promote this pilgrimage and they start, you know, from various places that last anywhere from, you know, three days, five days up to, you know, a month or more. Some have distances of only a hundred miles or 200 miles or 300 miles. You went on a 500 mile adventure. I mean, did you do this all at one time or did you make several trips to complete the 500 miles? Yeah. Well, because Ron was gone and I didn't have, I mean, my friend Judy, uh, she didn't, walk the whole way. She started in Lyon, which is quite a ways. Um, but I didn't have anything to get home to. I mean, before Ron died, I had to, I had to go to the grocery store and come right back, you know, and I had things that I had to do. I had to come right back all the time. Um, but, uh, I didn't have, there was no reason for me to go home any, anymore. And so I, I got my airfare and three months later I was coming home, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, I actually spent 66 days on the Camino, but that's because I took every Sunday off. I, I was walking and, you know, it's a holy pilgrimage and Sunday I'd get in and I'd be so tired. I just lay down and take a nap and then I'd be, Oh yeah, we're when's church. And, and then I would miss and I was like, gee, I'm on a holy pilgrimage. You'd think I'd go to church on Sunday, you know? Amen. And so I decided to just take Sunday off. So mm -hmm. on uh, Saturday night, I'd instead of staying in an albergue, because you can only stay one night, I would stay in a hotel on, mm -hmm. on Saturday night and then go to church on Sunday and then, you know, leave on Monday. Amen. So, uh, that's one reason why it took me so long. Another reason is Holy Week was while I was there. Mm. And so I took Holy Week off too. Mm. And so I stayed in a town and I became a church lady. It was so cool. People started recognizing me and smiling at me. You know, I would sit, you know, there was a bunch of old ladies uh, sitting together and I would sit with the old ladies and I just imagine, oh, these must be the widows. And here I am, I belong. And, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I, and also I got sick mm. and um, I had read so many stories about the Camino and they all talk about, you know, illness and you just have to find a hotel if you're going to be ill because, and so that's what I did. I, I was sick actually quite a, quite a bit. Um, and uh, sometimes I walked while I was sick and sometimes I stayed when I couldn't walk because um, okay. I, I mean, he was sick for 17 years um, yeah. and uh, taking care of somebody for that long really uh, takes a hit on your health. Yeah. And so I was coming out of that definitely, but still I didn't have my stamina that I, that I do now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, so you took just 
time out and I'm going to complete the whole thing. Now, yeah, I'm not coming home until it's done. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, did you travel with a companion or did you actually take the walk alone? I walked alone. I, I, I have traveled by myself. I mean, when I was 18 years old, I went to Hawaii all by myself. I was a counselor at a Girl Scout camp over there for two months. And uh, so, and then um, when I took, I went to school in Switzerland and I went there by myself. Mm. And uh, so I know how to travel by myself. I just don't go out at night, you know, and um, I felt pretty safe, especially with my guardian angels. Amen. Amen. I know some of the paths are in remote areas. Mm -hmm. Were you concerned at all about being out there alone or were there other pilgrimages going, you know, uh, people yeah, take the path at the every, same time. you know, well, cause I'm an old lady, then I would walk slow. And so people would pass me up, but I, nobody, I mean, very few people walked with me every once in a while, there was somebody and they would all of a sudden walk slow with me. Cause they wanted to talk to me or something. That was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like God sent me angels at that time that, yeah. you know, that really, and, um, and um, so I just walked and in the beginning, it was very mountainous. And so I would be on these windy mountain roads and I really felt lonely because you couldn't see anybody before you or after you. I felt like I was alone. All I saw was people passing me up that that had its own <laughs> feelings anyway. Um, uh, but after I got to the Mesita. I could see way ahead of me and way behind me. And I realized that there were people near me, but they just, I couldn't see them because I was on a mountain, you know, windy Amen. mountain road. Amen. So um, that made me feel better. <laughs> That's kind of a spiritual experience all in itself, knowing that I may be alone, but there's others here with me. You know, just and like and I can't see them, you know, yeah. but they're there. Yeah. They're Amen. there. Amen. What kind of training did you have to do physically to, to prepare for this type of adventure? Well, I used to, I met this lady um, a long time ago. I met her at jury duty and she was talking about walking on San Diego Bay. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. So we started walking together um, and we would walk five miles, three days a week. And so um, I, you know, I thought, well, I can walk five miles for me and so i thought well i can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch and i can do this and um so that was good and one of the things that i did while i was taking care of my husband is i i had i did this volunteer thing i would go out to this horse ranch and um i would clean out the stalls it was a it's called magic horse and uh they do writing lessons for autistic kids. And they, you know, as a volunteer and I'd go out and clean the stalls and I'd have this giant wheelbarrow of horse pucky. And I would just, you know, do that. And it gave me a really strong core. Mm, amen. So that was good. And amen. then my sister-in-law, buff <laughs> and my sister-in-law thought, oh, Kathleen needs to walk up mountains. So she called me up and said, Kathleen, you need to walk up mountains. 
And uh, so she would take me out and we found all the mountains around San Diego and we walked up and down them. And after a while, I put my pack on and I walked with my pack as, you know, practice. Mm -hmm. And even now um, I walk to church in the morning. So it's a mile away and I, and I, there's a big hill between me and the church. And so I just walk all the way to church and walk home. So I, I thought the last time I got home, I was like, Oh, I don't want to turn into a couch potato. So that I'm, I'm keeping up my stamina in that way right now. Amen. Amen. So tell us about a couple of like memorable experiences you had, or maybe people you met or something, some event that happened while you're on the journey. Yeah, I, well, one one time I met this woman and I was in Burgo and I had stayed there a couple of days because my friends told me you should stay there. It's a beautiful cathedral. And uh, um, when I was trying to find my way out of Burgos, I didn't know where the Camino was. <laughs> so I asked a lady, I went down by the river and I asked the lady, where's the Camino? And she started pointing up the hill And then she said, you know what? I'm going to uh, walk that way. Why don't you walk with me? So I walked with her and she, she taught English in uh, Burgos and she was so happy to talk to a native English speaker. Mm. And so we just, you know, had a conversation. It was, she was telling me about her troubles in her life. And so I told her, you know, I have this prayer that I say, and when you say that prayer, miracles happen. It's incredible. And the prayer is, dear God, please make everything turn out okay. And then you just let God make everything turn out okay. Amen. And um, and so um, she said, okay, well, I'll, maybe I'll try that, you know, with her problems. So I felt, I felt good that I was able to give her something. And, and I told her she was my angel. Uh, because uh, she was taking me to the Camino. And she said, well, if that's all I have to do to be an angel, um, I'm really glad. (laughs) And um, so that was one experience. Um, One one time I was walking along and um, there was, uh, I saw off in the distance, uh, this ruins and it had arches and spires. It was. It looked like the Shark Cathedral. It was just beautiful, and um, I just thought, "Wow!" And the trail was leading right there. I was pretty excited. And when I got there, I walked in under the arches, and I heard um, Irish fairy music. You know, with harps and you know um, whatever flutes and stuff, and. So I walked in and over on the right, there was a uh, a Filipino guy behind a counter and he had a kilt on with a white t-shirt and he was whistling and making egg salad sandwiches (laughs) and uh, he had a coffee pot there. And uh, so um, first I asked him, is there a restroom? Because that was major on my mind. And he pointed over to this trailer. So when I got back, I bought a cup of coffee for him from him. But it was just such a I mean, it was amazing experience. I couldn't believe it out in the middle of nowhere that beautiful ruins. 
and uh, this guy, and he was doing all these practical things, and <laughs> it was just <laughs> an anomaly. And that was really fun for me to be to do to be there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What was it like when you finally reached your destination? Oh my gosh! Uh, so the last week, um, you know, you get to Saria, and that's the place where it's like 111 kilometers to Santiago from Saria. Mm-hmm. So when you get there you're all, all of a sudden, you're just feeling like, oh man, this is almost over. I mean, I was there 66 days. So, you know, and I was seeing the end coming and I was just like really sad, you know, oh, really? that I, that it was going to be over. Um, and uh, so I, you know, it was everything from then on was more special than special. And, uh, but when I got to Santiago, um, when you get to Santiago, you know, there's always a trail and there's always yellow arrows that you can follow. And when you got, when you get to the city, the arrows end, you got to find the cathedral. Mm. And so I, I was like looking around, I'm like, I could see the cathedral, but I didn't know how to get there. And this guy, um, he was tethered to another guy. And I guess he was a developmentally disabled person. So he was like being the charitable person walking with this guy. And um, so he, he, he motioned to me, he, lo- he saw me and, and he's like, yeah, she doesn't know where to go. <laughs> and so um, he motioned to me to follow him. And he led me to very close to the cathedral. I mean, we, he like over there, they've got elevators that go from street to street, like, It's and it's just a free elevator. You get in the elevator and go up to the next street because, you know, it's so you don't have to walk so far. It's amazing. And so he he led me to almost there. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to follow somebody in there. So I kind of left him and tried to find it myself. And um, I heard the um, what do you call um, the the, um, oh, the what is that? Um, Irish um, musical instrument, the um, bagpipe. bagpipe. So I heard the bagpipe and I knew I was close because they, you know, right on the entrance to the cathedral, there's a bagpipe guy or one time it was a lady. And then there's a lady there who is laying, she's kneeling there with her hands folded, looking up to God with a little bowl in front of her. And so it's like it it I think I mean I don't know if there's an organization that sponsors that or what, but every time I walked by that, there was always those two things there. And um I was so mesmerized the first time I went by there. I didn't even have any money out to throw in her bowl and I and I felt foolish for it. But anyway, I I was just like dazed and walking in and and then uh, after I got through that corridor, um, I walked out and there was the cathedral. And I I, um, I walked over there and there were people sitting there. They were like basking in the glory of the cathedral, Santiago. I mean, lay, I mean actually like they were laying at the beach or something <laughs> on the ground. And uh, just like um, 
I found a lady standing there and I said, well, if I take your picture, will you take my picture? And she said, well, I don't need a picture, but I'll take your picture. And so I just stood there with my arms up like victory, you know, and uh, she took my picture. And um, that was uh, so amazing. And really standing there, if you stand there a while, you'll see people coming in, you know, people come in all day long whenever they get there. And um, so it was, uh, I don't know. (laughs) It was so much for me, so much for my heart. Go get your certificate of completion. Right. I know. And here I am, you know, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I live right by Mexico in San Diego, but not, I don't, you know, I, sometimes it's hard to put the sentences together for me. Uh, so I had to find out where that was. And, and so I did somehow <laughs> <laughs> and I went over there and I had to wait in line. I don't, I think it was like an hour and a half or two, I don't know how long it was, but it, I heard that that wasn't very long. Mm, wow. And so I, you know, there. yeah. And people getting their Compostela and the, the it was very uh, amazing because uh, I heard that, I heard that if, if you don't walk the whole way, you have to get two stamps every day um, on the last hundred K. Mm. And so I thought I didn't have to do because I walked the whole way. Mm. And uh, when I got there, I found out you do have to, even though you walk the whole way. And so they were like questioning, talking to the boss and stuff like that. Shall we give it to her? And I'm just like, oh man. (laughs) Make her go back and do it again. (laughs) uh, They they did. They gave it to me, but I'm like, um, they were pointing out where I didn't you know, I didn't have stamps for certain days. And I'm like, yeah, I was sick. I stayed there four days or, you know, so um, anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's but awesome. when you start walking, you get the, the um, you have to, either you have to find one or you, you get it there where you start, but you have to get a pilgrim passport. And then every night they stamp it at the place where you stay. Mm. And then, um, and then in that way, it lets the albergue owners know that you are a pilgrim because, um, the albergues are for the pilgrims. And, um, so, and also they record, uh, for the Spanish government, they record where you're at. So they, um, tell that to the government every night. So the the government knows where you are. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Now, she traveled the Camino Santiago de Compostela. It's a road that's 500 miles long to various villages and cities over in Spain and Portugal. And she did this back in 2019, right? It inspired her to write a book detailing this journey titled Wisdom on the Camino. Now, she's been sharing some highlights from her trip with us. Folks, I'm telling you, this would be a fabulous pilgrimage that almost every Christian would find uplifting, challenging, and exhilarating 
all at the same time, amen? But if you're not led to take on this type of challenge yourself, maybe because of your commitments at home or you're physically unable to do so, you can travel it vicariously by dropping down to the show notes and purchasing Kathleen's great book, Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. Amen. And be sure to come back for the conclusion of this great interview in the next episode. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.